absolutely stay in your own lane. Don't compare to other people. Follow your own heart's desires, your own heart hum, as I like to call it, that thread of soul. Absolutely do all those things. Trust the wisdom within your own inner compass. But I feel like it's really naive of us to think that we can do that alone and to think that if if we're building ourselves up and we're not bringing the power of collaboration and the, the power of building others up with us, I, I'm a little bit like, what's the point? You are listening to the Wise Women Podcast, Season 5, Episode 157. I'm your host, Alicia Wilfert, founder of Yoke and Abundance, coach to entrepreneurs, creatives, and seekers. This podcast introduces you to women on their journey to flourishing businesses and lives. In today's episode, I'm sharing my conversation with author and Oracle Deck creator, Kate Darnell. Welcome back. I have a great big treat for you. Today's guest is coming to us all the way from Australia. Kate Darnell is a soul guide and leader in energetics, living in the age of golden light. Her signature program, Sacred Soul System, helps soul-led humans deeply connect to the wholeness of all of who they're here to be. A published author, Kate uses the energy of words to inspire others to live an enriching and deeply fulfilling life. Kate lives in the mid-north coast of Northwest Australia. She loves helping people press play on living a life aligned with their true soul purpose. And listen, I have been following Kate on Instagram for years. I was originally attracted to her work because she seemed so in alignment with her purpose. And when I see that, I'm I'm just drawn to it. For me, the energy of who she is and what she's about really came through in her posts. And for the longest time, I have dreamed about connecting with her and having her on the podcast so that I can share her with all of you. But it took a while because I'm, you know, there's a pretty big time zone difference. But finally, we dove in and did it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Kate Darnell after a word from our generous sponsor. Fikin Co. is a progressive boutique consulting firm that works with entrepreneurs, startups, small to medium-sized companies, and larger organizations to cultivate a place where people love coming to work. With a focus foremost on diversity, inclusion, belonging, and equality, Fikin Co. pushes business leaders to push the boundaries of what a great workplace environment means and is for all of their employees. If you are starting from scratch with a small team, or if you are looking to grow your current team, Fikin Co. can help scale your business in a way that both adds to the bottom line while also boosting engagement. From talent acquisition, onboarding, and compensation to HR compliance, performance management, and employee relations, Viking Co. has worked with more than 50 companies across the country and worldwide in various stages of growth. 
If you are looking for strategic guidance on people programs or interim people leadership, contact Fike Co. Your people will thank you. Kate Darnell, it is long overdue to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. What a total gift and treat to be here. I'm so, so excited. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. And I want to give listeners a little context. So you're in Australia. Mm -hmm. What part of Australia are you in? Oh, this is a good question. I'm in New South Wales on the mid-north coast, nestled like four hours from Sydney and a bit of a journey to Brisbane for people who know the the cities of Australia um, by a romantic country riverside, not far from the beach. Um, It's really, really beautiful. But it's the kind of country town where people would sort of be like, you don't, you know, you you go there to retire. You don't go there mm. to become something. And so when I came back to this part of Australia with my children and my husband, I grew up here, um, I always was really determined to be the fullness of me regardless of place. So mm. I just live in a beautiful part of Australia. It's super quirky and romantic and lovely, really. Uh, yeah, I feel so, so, so blessed. Oh, that's awesome. I- and Australia is definitely on my places, like my two visit list. Good, come so, visit. Yeah, someday, someday. Um, It'll happen. So you and I have been following each other on social media for years. Like there was something about one of your posts a long time ago that, you know, before algorithms made it difficult to find cool people, right? Um, when... You, you had maybe a book that had come out and then I started following you and then you'd post all these beautiful pictures near the water. And I was like, is she on vacation or does she live there? <laughs> right. That's what I mean by blessed. It, it is like a constant vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it hard oh. to not let that? I heard a quote recently of be careful not to let your miracles become mundane. Is it mm-hmm. hard to remember to like appreciate that? Oh no, no, nope, not 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 at all. I think when you this is great because something I love talking about is non-negotiables. And so when you make gratitude a daily practice and mindfulness a part of your life like and that's how I choose to live I choose to live in the moment Um, and so these are kind of non-negotiables for me so when I make gratitude um, love for self love for others love for where I am at and that non-negotiable sort of spiritual practice really where everything is exactly as it needs to be I'm exactly where I need to be those things, we, we never take those things for granted. We never take our friends, our family, place, the ocean, the sunshine, the rain, all of it becomes an integral part of who we are and where we're at. So like, no, it's no not hard for me anymore. But yes, absolutely, that's hard to get to that place where prioritizing yourself and having deep and great gratitude for the, the moment, every moment, that is hard. That is hard for, for us to get to that place and getting to that place took work, but now it's super, super easy. Okay. I <laughs> love that? that. I love that. Well, you know, normally I start, start off by um, asking folks who they are and what keeps them busy in this. And by busy, I don't mean like to do, I mean, what is it that 
that's that you're doing that's setting your soul on field right yeah yeah Yeah. so can you give folks a little bit about your background tell tell us from the beginning to now oh my gosh (laughs) okay oh Oh, this is, this is delicious. Okay. So I go by soul guide nowadays. I like to work with people on a, um, a deep soul level. Um, but all of this sort of started with, a, a spiritual inkling towards Oracle cards and listening to signs and symbols. And it really, the, the little seed was probably planted within me when I was a mainstream high school teacher and um, I was reading a lot of cards for friends and getting a lot of joy out of it. And when I fell pregnant with my first daughter, it just became really clear to me I didn't want to be a teacher anymore in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt into this idea of moving back home to my country town. And we, my husband and I actually um, are renting the house that I grew up in from family. So it was still in the family. So we moved, we moved back here and I kept joking. I kept making this joke, Alicia. I kept saying, I'm going to do card readings in the farmhouse. Ha, ha, ha. That's what I'm going to do. Ha, ha, ha. And obviously my laugh didn't sound that put on, but anyway, we get the, we get the gist, right? So I was like, I'm going to do, um, I, I'm going to go home and do card readings in the farmhouse and I would make a big joke about it. Now, one of my massive soul lessons in that transition um, into motherhood was be careful what we joke about, not in the point like, you know, careful what you wish for, but take a listen to what you're joking about because often within those jokes is some really hard, beautiful, vibrant truths. And my truth was through that joke, this desire to to read cards, to connect spiritually with people, to support people through these universal signs and symbols. So ultimately what happened was I started doing card readings in my farmhouse and that just evolved into this um, beautiful space where it was no longer about cards, although I've published my own Oracle deck and I absolutely love using cards, but it became more about me stepping to my fullness of this soul guide, this empowerment coach who supports mainly women, but often beautiful men as well to connect to their soul wisdom and to really celebrate them and their life as they are, who they are and where they're going right now. And that's that's where I am now. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I'm curious what it was about. I know that I've heard it was your your sister had an intensive care visit that kind of spurred the move to where you are. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? I would love to. So um, my beautiful sister really took one for the team. You know, everyone talks about their rock bottom and, and from their rock bottom, they came to the top. Well, my sister gifted me a rock bottom when she scared the crap out of her family and herself. Um, her intense stress that she was under as a single mom in a really abusive relationship and all of this hectic stuff was going on in her life converted to a thing called what's literally called conversion disorder, where she wasn't able to physically speak or move her body. It was as if she had a stroke and no one knew what was going on. Just absolutely scary, scary moment. She's in her early twenties, beautiful, healthy, vibrant human being, and suddenly in intensive care. And the first thing I did, Alicia, was I grabbed my Oracle cards and some essential oils and my crystals. And I fled to the hospital, um, my, you know, children two under two. And I sat with her and what came to me in that 
that moment of, of fear and stress was, oh, no, all that's missing here is trust and love for self. Trust and love for self is missing here. And I'm almost giggling at my beautiful sister who's in intensive care because it dawned on me that I had a purpose this lifetime to sure be bubbly and to be positive and and to teach um, all things I still do, but to really communicate this message of when we have deep reverence and deep trust in ourselves and when we can then align a deep love for who we are and a deep love for ourselves, that's when we can be well. Or that is, in the very least, live a life aligned with who we're here to be. And I felt equal parts grief for uh, I had almost let my sister down, um, panic that, oh, my God, is it too late? Am I having this lesson and it's too late to help her? But then this euphoria of joy because my message arrived through my sister's rock bottom. I'm very, very, I'm very, very, very appreciative of that. That's our kind of our little our, our little um, sister code joke, I guess. But I'm very, very, uh, I just appreciate this gift that I got in that moment. P.S. everyone, there's a really happily ever after story here. My sister is super, super well. Like it's not like I went, that's it, I'm on a mission. And then she, she, with deep love for herself and the support of beautiful medical staff and science and all the things, um, really holistic health plan, we were able to help her get on track. And a big part of that was her helping me birth my offerings out into the world that were all based around this deep love for self, for soul, for all beings, and this deep, deep trust that all is always leading us to exactly where we need to be. So, yeah, well, I like, right? (laughs) Yeah, and what a great story. I mean, I think this also speaks to why I've felt so maybe magnetized towards you because the message in my work is very much that your wisdom is within, right? And so that's the same self-trust message through... Just a different lens. Got goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, yes, I get you. <laughs> yes, I've always known. It's so exciting. The timing of this is so exciting. I love divine timing. Me yeah. too. Well, you talk about non-negotiables, but you mm-hmm. also talk about how that's important in collaboration. And uh-huh. I would love to dig into this because, you know, One thing you mentioned is that, yes, being on your own side of the street and in your own lane is fine when it comes to setting boundaries, but it wasn't working for you in a bigger way. Mm -hmm. Okay. I need to know what you mean. Oh, yes. Let's dive into this one because it can, it can seem quite controversial when it's like the, the bigger message, right? Is stay in your own lane like focus on you and where you want to get to. But often we can lose the fluidity of what life is all about, which is connection, collaboration, bringing and rising other people up. And see, despite me going, I'm a soul guide and I'm here to guide and support people and absolutely um, mentor and really help people, you know, transition through transmission, all that juicy, exciting stuff. I can't do that on my own. And I'm certainly not a guru. So I don't 
pretend to be anyone better than anyone else. We are we and we are one, right? And what I've learned every time that I try to be like, you know, stay in your own lane, absolutely stay in your own lane. Don't compare to other people. Follow your own heart's desires, your own heart hum, as I like to call it, that thread of soul. Absolutely do all those things. Trust the wisdom within your own inner compass. But I feel like it's really naive of us to think that we can do that alone and to think that if if we're building ourselves up and we're not bringing the power of collaboration and the, the power of building others up with us, I, I'm a little bit like, what's the point? So this is this is a big one within wellness communities, especially because we're we're always so focused on what I think can be a bit bit of a limiting, you know, cap on what we truly have to offer the world when we bring other people in with us. Yeah. So all of my favorite, favorite, favorite creative projects have been done with other people. All of my happy hard hum moments are when I watch another woman start her business and or start her coaching or counseling offerings or, you know, create their Oracle deck. And this passion of mine to watch other people succeed too, not in spite of, mm-hmm. is this comes in alignment with all of that like reverence of when you have complete and utter love for yourself, you can support others to do that as well. So suddenly we're we're not capped by, again, yes, there's really simple messages that are important to integrate and to live. Like, of course, don't let other people take your energy. You you must focus on you and make you the priority. Of course, don't don't compare to what other people are doing because that, you know, stay in your lane when it comes to that kind of thing. But know that it's safe to bring other people in for collaboration, mm-hmm. for um, excelling your own soul, spiritual business um, growth. And I, I think women especially, we can think that that's a little bit scary <laughs> or that giving to someone else or watching someone else succeed is 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 diluting our our yeah. wisdom right or our our strength or our capability when it's really in in my experience it really truly truly is not absolutely mm-hmm. it is not um one of my beautiful mentors brought me and another another person into this beautiful space the work of the healing archetypes and she about oh my gosh 3 years ago now and she said, I can't do this on my own. And I want to go thirds with, with both of you in, in putting this offering out into the world. And that collaborative space, mm. Alicia, is just so vibrant and so real because there is no tear of I am better than anyone. It is we are, we are all here to explore, to discover, to to live, to breathe, to play and be. And I've really modelled since then my my offerings and how I work with people from that collaborative we are we, mm-hmm. we are one space. And it really just pays back, you know, financially, emotionally, physically in helping me live this really deeply rich and fulfilling life. Yeah, I know, totally that, recommend it. <laughs> so that resonates so deeply with me. I'm thinking about um, when I started Yoke and Abundance and listeners of this podcast who have been listening for years will know this story, but for new folks, it will be slightly new. Yoke and Abundance started as a blog. So at the time I owned a yoga studio 
And it, I was coming towards the end of that particular time in my life. And, you know, right when I opened the yoga studio, like six months later, another studio opened down the road. So like, mm-hmm. the jealous of course, they're like <laughs> rearing its head. Like, I felt like if you've ever seen the movie aliens, I felt like I was like that, like the jealousy was like that thing, like coming out of me. Sometimes. Absolutely triggered. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. So at what, after a while, I started to recognize maybe uh, maybe I'm stuck in this feeling, right? And feelings aren't wrong. Jealousy's not wrong or bad on its own, but like getting Super stuck valid. in that, not a cool thing. So I I wanted to teach myself a lesson around that. And so I thought, you know what? There's so many women I know who are doing really cool things, not just this other person who happens to be doing the same thing. So why don't I start a blog series where I interview women who are doing really cool things, which was the Wise Women Sit Wednesday series, which turned into the Wise Women panels and now podcast, right? And it's that like elevating the voice of women. And when we would do panels, so I started interviewing folks and then we would do panels where you know, everybody I'd interview would like, we'd meet in person and we'd have these fun friend raising events and I'd facilitate the panel. And I would always say, I would always start off by talking about the Robert Ingersoll quote, we rise by lifting others. And I know that's become such a real, such a, um, a popular saying, but nobody ever seems to quote who it came from. And I'm like, God, mm-hmm. Robert Ingersoll said it. You did I didn't it. know that, do you yeah. know? Yes. 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 Um, and I've done a little bit of research on him. I think he's an American businessman. Nice quote. Yeah. Thanks, but Robert. Think, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Robert. I don't exactly know who you are, but I appreciate that quote. And I think about it all the time in that none of us can get to where we want to go without other people. None of us can self-actualize without other people, you know? And so it's not just that we rise by lifting others. If we don't have others around, we can't become who we're meant to be. 100%. And this is why I feel like it's really important to mention, you know, like my spiritual mentor and like Mm -hmm. to talk to the people that support us because there's almost like this thing um, for for women in particular, like for us to be successful, we, we have to have almost done it on our own. No successful woman is sick. And whichever, however, whichever lens of successful you want to look for, like for me, I, you know, I look at a mother nursing a, a, a new more baby, newborn baby. I'm like, that is that is the epitome of success there, right? Or or whatever. Um, but no woman, no human has is here alone. We we aren't created in solo. Like that's just not what the, you know, what humanity is here to do. So um I think really speaking also to, you know, that there's that there's that saying too, and I can't credit the person said it, that but behind every person is, you know, this community of people that are supporting them I think speaking to that has been almost like oh you can't mention that you have a coach or that you go to counseling or that you've been vulnerable in this way and I know there has been that big movement of how important it is for us to truly share and claim and speak to the vulnerable parts of us and this this too is is a big part of that collaboration it's like almost paying that credit forward to well I, I got here because of me, but this community of beautiful people helped me as well. And when we can see that, that elevates the whole of humanity. 
that's no longer just about you and the other studio. That's about, oh my gosh, but now I, you know, this, my podcast is international. Exactly. And you know, I don't want to do it alone. No, I don't know anyone that does, except for the story we tell ourselves that successful people like, you know, oh, look at what you've built all, all on your own. It's like, I haven't done this on my own. My goodness. Hey, oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, so even so much so that I've now been in business for, it's been five years that I've had yoga and abundance. And so my book is launching in May and I, kn- I know you have a book coming out too. So and I want to talk about that in a minute. Um, but I knew that the opportunities that were going to start presenting themselves because I had a book, I wanted to know how to leverage those in a, in a, in a way that I don't know how to do along mm. with take my business to the next level. So mm. this year I invested in what I would call a big girl mastermind. Yes. <laughs> and like, it's one of those expensive um, programs mm-hmm. with women who are a big deal and yeah. doing really big things. And just the first session we had of hearing them all go around and share what their goals were and their numbers were, I wish that I would have done this a year ago because I'm realized I wasn't dreaming big enough. And, mm-hmm. and until you get in community with other women who are doing what you want to be doing and you're sharing and you're brainstorming and you're mind melding, you don't even know what's possible. Absolutely. And this comes back to that message of when we're not working with others or investing in in us and and acknowledging the collaboration and collaborative um, effect, that's when we're capping our soul's potential. That's when we really truly are putting a cap on what we can receive. Mm. So for me recently, yeah, big, big girl pants investment. I got myself, I went straight to the VIP one-on-one quantum like coach experience. And, you know, the whole idea was making me sick and I was absolutely sabotaging the whole experience. I was like, no, that's taking away from my family. How could I do that? How could I spend all that money on myself? And then the big spiritual message of how can you not, how can you not do that? If you know, if there's a desire for you to be all you're here to be this lifetime, how can you not make that investment or put that energetic exchange in place? So suddenly the really um, air quote expensive offering was the thing that like, whoa, there, there's yeah. no money in the world that I could actually exchange in this time and this space for me to truly step into the fullness of who I am, where I'm going and what I'm going to do. May I just add that I got an Im- invitation to be here um, on the Wild, uh, Wise Woman podcast the week that I said, yes, I want to invest in this space and I want to really be seen as someone that can step into spaces and support other women. Oh my God, I've got And Alicia's like, hey, Kate, can we finally chat? We've been following each other for probably like four years. It was incredible. And I was like, well, there you go. There we are, everyone. This is how and when we make those investments, my puppies agree, when we make those investments in ourselves, we will be supported in that. And, you know, obviously um, we don't want to to do it in a stretchy way no puppies, um, in a stretchy way where I don't even know what I was going to say there actually, because that, that tension and that, that concern of 
sorry. (laughs) Okay. So I'm, I'm, what you're making me think of is, you know, I really believe in investing in coaching. I've never wanted to be a coach who didn't have a coach that feels so icky. Right. Like, yes. Oh, y'all need coaches, but I don't know. That is not how I roll. Right. And I, I bumped up to the end of my knowledge. Like there was no way that I was going to move forward in the expansion that I know is possible for me unless I opened myself to a different experience. And then, and then not only opened myself to it with the financial investment, but was all in. Right. So like, yes, honest with myself, like I had something this week within my business that pushed my boundaries, right? Like that, like not pushed my bound, that it showed me like where I was putting a cap on myself. And then I had to like go in my little Voxer group and tell Mm -hmm. them like, this Mm -hmm. is what I experienced. And then you get to hear, oh yeah, that's, that's normal. You have to normal. like, yeah. Yeah. And experience Exactly. And I, I think that's what I was getting to. Like, this isn't about, there's this idea that tension and that feeling of, of stepping up and stepping into the fullness of you is, isn't going to be icky or that like, if it doesn't feel really good, don't do it. But sometimes we need to use that ickiness and that like, why does this make me feel sick in the tummy to really feel into, well, how, how can this investment in me make me feel even better than like beyond a, an, an ickiness or an uncertainty. So I I think that's what I was getting at before my puppies decided to, you know, really send, send the house into a spin was that sometimes we will be in a spin about investing in ourselves. And it's almost this, you know, like society, society sabotage of like, well, that's selfish or why, mm. why would you do that? Or, or if you need that, or you could do that on your own. Like if you need that, you're not truly doing mm. your own inner work. But if we don't have these containers of support or these other people supporting us, we don't rise. And, and then ultimately we're doing a disservice to the people we're working with because we're not showing up as the best version, the best elevated potential of us. So mm-hmm. I love that. Huh. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just feel it throughout my whole body on that one. Yes, um, yes, yes. yes. So I'm really curious. I know you said you've always been interested in Oracle cards and signs and things like that, but was there was there something like is there a time that you can remember like the first time you did work with an oracle deck or like oh yeah okay, oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> for starters i remember when our neighbor passed our neighbor died when i was quite young and my grandmother said oh it's really sad about such and such passing and i was like but isn't it lovely we can see him everywhere now and i was probably you know 9 or 10 and, and she was like, oh, that's, that's nice. Like, oh, and I was like, but isn't it like, isn't it lovely? Every time someone in, and no one ever really close to me, I was, you know, very fortunate as a child, didn't lose a, a grandparent until I was about um, 16. So every time that happened, I'd be like, oh, but it's nice that we can see them everywhere now. So I already always had that very, what some people would call vivid imagination. What I now know is very open third eye, very open ability to be spiritually connected. And then when my grandmother did pass at 16, I was like, oh, here she is like, ta-da, like she's everywhere. (laughs) Um, And that to me, that's just been something that I probably absolutely did take for granted for the first part of my life. Wow. Um, 
at 2021, 20, um, my beautiful husband, boyfriend at the time, his um, stepmom and dad gifted me my first ever Oracle deck. And I'd never held Oracle cards before I knew about tarot. I was always interested in crystals. But like I said, it was kind of like, oh, Kate just has a vivid imagination or isn't that nice that she believes in spirit? And it was nothing that was really ever treasured or uh, cherished within me. It was just a part of me that people were like, oh, isn't she like a vibrant little human? (laughs) So these adults saw this, this, this young adult and really nurtured that I think you'll really like these they were like I think you'll really like this this deck and it's still here like now my over 20 year old oh my gosh we won't do the math deck it was a Lucy Caven dish the Oracle um tarot look wow. look at that. I'm just for, for our listeners I'm showing this like tattered vibrant little little box and I the moment I held that deck I was just like, this is just the most incredible homecoming remembering experience. And I started pulling cards and doing readings like that afternoon. I started like, oh, would you like a reading? Would you like a message? And I started channeling. Like I would read the card, I would read the message and I'd be like, I also feel like this issue is something for you to explore. And so I was starting my journey as a teacher. I was just about to like, you know, enter my first year of teaching and I was, and, you know, um, we were traveling overseas and doing all these things. And this trusty Oracle deck came with me as if it had been in my pocket from the moment I was born. And I just would do readings for friends, do readings for myself. And it became a part of my life. It just became a, a part of my life where it was like, this, this is just the most incredible, <laughs> amazing um, thing. So it wasn't like I was, yeah, I was raised with it, with Oracle cards around me. It like really, truly, any of my spiritual connection as a child was just like, oh, she has all oh, that. Kate has a very vivid imagination, <laughs> which absolutely I did. But it was also this very inner knowing of what was true and right and real for me. And at twenty one, when this this deck of cards hit hit my hands, it was just there was no looking back. So it wow. is really quite incredible to think that that initiated my work as a soul guide and also then initiated me creating my own oracle deck which you there's things in life where you think I'll never do that I'll never write the book I'll never make the deck like oh that's you know that's that's for someone else to do and then you do them Alicia Mm -hmm. and then you go I can do whatever I want like what am what will I do now like I've I've written the book. Okay, well I'll write another one. I really want to do a deck. I'll create a deck then. Like and this the creative energy that comes when you live a life aligned, you know, with soul or with spirit or with your divine, what, whatever feels good and true and right for you, is just the truest gift. The wow. the truest gift. Um, and so yeah, here I am because li- literally I was positioned in a place. And I always joke that um, my husband Silas is is my real grounding shaman this lifetime to to situate me exactly where I need to be, and in into into my life became these really beautiful beautiful humans that were like I think you'll like these like I think you need this. <laughs> that is the best. That's amazing, story. isn't it great? It's yeah. so great. Yeah. Um, what was the experience of creating your own oracle deck like? 
you know what? I used to hate when people described uh, like as a mother, I used to hate when people described um, creating decks and books as like as the same as having a baby I, because I was like, no, that's like that's growing a baby. No, don't say that. Do you know what? It's exactly like <laughs> growing <laughs> and having a baby. Like there was tension, there was frustration, there was happy moments, there was emotional moments. My beautiful friend, Nicole, my, my artist um, and designer, like we really, oh, there was, there was times when there was tears, there was <laughs> torment there was frustration there was times when we didn't want to look at the deck when we loved it so much we could not look at it like there was this like all of the things all of the things associated with you know um preparing the womb <laughs> the fertility stage the nurturing stage all of those things that a big part of me tried to reject because I was like that's that's not fair on my babies don't talk like that don't say those things and then in retrospect I look back and I go oh my god every book I've written and put out into the world is absolutely a child mm. of mine a part of my soul a part of my creative being and birthing the intuitive oracle it was an experience like no other. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, it, it took a lot of trust to trust in the messages, to trust that I had messages for the world to see and to hold, to trust in the collaboration with a, a beautiful artist. It was big. <laughs> Some days I, I think that might have it might have been easier just to have another baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, girls. <laughs> So uh, with the Oracle deck, I, I'm sure you get a ton of questions from folks about how to create Oracle decks. Mm. But I love answering those questions. And I love, I, if that's how people find the intuitive Oracle, I, I trust and love that as well. So the amazing thing about the process for Nicole and I was that we trusted in the divine timeline and Nicole had a full-time job and she didn't want to give, um, you know, a, a massive block of time to this. And I had a lot of other projects going on. I was working with my clients. It didn't, I didn't want it to consume us. And mm. so we had a really delicious timeline. Like it took a couple of years for us to really feel into how the, how the deck would look. And we really allowed it to come together in a way that was organic and true to the divine. Like when spirit said, here are the messages, that's when I wrote. When, when, well, it's the intuitive oracle, right? So when Nicole got that intuitive hit to create, she would go into the studio, she would create, and then she would go, what do you think? Here's a card. Wow. So that that process of trusting and giving it the time and space it needed to gestate was really, really, really important. And then it's the, the physical and the practical side, which is probably what I get the most questions for, just ask ask those questions, connect with local printers, do your research, and know that if you have a deck within you and if that's something you want to create, it's so easy that those practical things that often limit us, that's the easy part, you wow. know, like yeah. Yeah, even down to we wanted to print locally, I wanted to print within Australia, all of that had a bigger price tag, but that money even came. Like the, the when it was time to print, the money was in the bank, you know, it was like, oh, there's the exact amount. 
to to print these cards. Let's do it. Wow. So not not letting these ideas like oh oh that you know it's too the the printing for a high quality deck was just it's just too much and you know I'm not going to do it mm. or and I'm I must admit the minimum order was 500 decks and like that's a lot of decks right <laughs> and you know I have a house full of oracle decks um and I've I've sold a lot but there's there's a lot left but that's fine too because they won't age and tr- trusting in those stories that we could have written, like, no one, you know, I'm not going to sell 500, but instead of being like that, it's like, well, this is the intuitive oracle is the only deck I'm ever going to need to share with the world as, right. as far as I know right now. So here are these decks for everyone to have um, one of if they feel called when they feel called. Um, and so it is. So these are these ideas that we that prevent us, it comes back to that soul sabotage again, doesn't it? Or that society sabotage, the stories that prevent us from saying yes. If you want to create a deck, beautiful listeners, create a deck. You will find an artist, invest in that. Like it was really important to me that I, and what this did to me um, financially, like that I paid my artist, sure, beautiful, dear friend, incredible mates rates, very, very lucky. But just even knowing and trusting that I would find the money for this project because this project had had a place in the world. This it it was asking me to be born, just like my little babies, you know, when when that desire came, they I it was time to grow them and and let them be put out into the world. I cannot believe seriously two years ago, if anyone said I would compare my Oracle deck to making a baby, I'd be like, no, don't do that. That's unkind to the mothers. It's the same. It really <laughs> I love that so much. Are you? I I mean, I'm going to save some of these from from when I have you as a guest on my podcast. But like, do you relate to that with little failures coming out? Are you? Are you like? (laughs) And I'm in the revision process right now. And like, even today, Uh oh, that's two and a half hours on a chapter, and I'm only halfway through that chapter. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's yeah, so it's, intense. It's, it's so, so intense. intense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, <laughs> it's so funny when you're working on a project and you know it's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. That it's such mm. a, a beautiful knowing. But I have to tell you on the Oracle deck front of things, we are gonna so listeners should know I will link to your Oracle deck. So they're gorgeous. People need Thank to you, grab darling. them. Um, it's in the show notes. Yes. And I have a personal project. This is not, you know, as entrepreneurs, especially a creative, spiritual entrepreneur, you know, our projects, our personal projects get so messily intertwined with our work. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Like I'm just looking at everything I've created and forget to tell the world about because it's just a part, most of it for me is the process, right? Right, Yeah. right. Well, I promised myself that I would work on a project that's just for me. Like my eyes own. I mean, I might show a little bit on it. Like this is exciting, but I have had it in my heart for, um, about a year now, actually to create like an ancestor Oracle deck of my personal ancestors. So wow, I, I watercolor and I want to do a watercolor portrait of each of these ancestors that a number of them, I'm going to start with the ones that have come to me, right? There's about 12 of them right now who are, 
I talk to on a regular basis, right? And so those will be the start yes. of that deck. And um, I want to do, well, I'll watercolor their picture, but then I'll very much, you know, the Kim Krantz, I don't know if you've seen that Oracle deck, but she talks about like, yes, part of light and when it is dark, I'll talk about like the energy that that person is bringing and what, what it looks like when it's light and when it's dark. And um, so that's a personal, spiritual, creative project that might end up taking a lifetime, but I've committed to doing one a month this year. So that is so incredible. (laughs) That is so incredible. And what I love about that is when you make that commitment to a personal spiritual practice, and especially one so deeply linked to um, your ancestor, like the ancestors that are coming through and to you, you will know when and if that's for the world, because that's fueling your soul purpose, right? You're aligning with soul purpose. (gasps) And I mean, yes. it might be for the world in some way, but not in like a commercial way, you know, like this deck will 100%. be for me. So yeah. 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 But what, what that does for the world. And this is, this is what, when we honor that the personal creative process and this personal spiritual project pro- projects and process, what that does for the world is literally make it a better place. Because yeah. our heart hum or our light coded, the way we show up into the world is more deeply ingrained. So l- literally you making that commitment once a month is making your client calls, your coaching work, everything you do more vibrant, more fulfilling. Yeah, that's the true gift. And that's why that, that kind of thing is a non-negotiable. Yeah. That's, that's the non-negotiable. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you can relate to this. Like the, the person that I'm focusing on this month is my uncle, Kevin. He passed away in 2019 and he was the baby of his line of family out of six kids. He was the youngest and he was just awesome. He was fun and he could be really sassy and he could have a temper, but like he was, he was a good dude. You know, he was just a really Mm -hmm. good man and so loving. And so I think about like, I pulled, um, I put all 12 of my ancestors into a hat and I pulled one ancestor for each of the 12 months for this year. And so, so I think like this, when I write my morning pages in the morning, if I've got a problem with something, I think about like, well, what, what energy would uncle Kevin bring to this situation? You know? So it's not just that, I'm going to do this card and put it away. It's that I really am doing this project in order to spend time with the energy of that person that I love and care about and cherish and want to keep the memory of alive, you know? How beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you would get that. (laughs) Oh, I, my whole body gets that. And well, this is where, and of course, how could we get through an episode without me mentioning sacred soul system. This is where making life sacred is so, so, so important. And it's those everyday interactions with those who are a big part of you, whether they're here physically anymore or not, and keeping that legacy of them and that energy and that frequency alive. So this this whole notion of, you know, sacred doesn't have to mean we, you know, go on you know, you go on a, literally go on a family hike through the wherever's to find the uh, Holy Grail. It can literally be that moment with the watercolors and a yeah. piece of paper 
it can be, you know, this this moment, this interaction where that sole project is, you know, is an is an ember that keeps fueling you through this lifetime. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I knew you yes. would get it. <laughs> I know. I totally, yes, I I totally get that so much. And I love that you shared it. Thank you. Well, Kate, so please tell us. So how many books have you written? Oh my good. Goodness, um, I have I've written three books that all make up a part of the healing trilogy, and I've then put the three books into a book, one book called the Healing Trilogy. So to make it um, easier, so I, I, um, the Healing Trilogy will definitely show note this this beauty. Um, my first book ever was called Letters to a Tibetan Monk, and that was where I love how spiritually we're, we're getting in, in this conversation. That was where I channeled um, my lead healing archetype, who was this monk like literally a Tibetan monk and I started writing letters to monk and monk told me that these letters were for the world so I started writing them with the intention that I would publish them um and that became a beautiful journey and then the next book before that one was finished I was like oh now I'm writing poems to a gypsy spirit and there's this another part of me that's this wild gypsy spirit that you know used to uh, do card readings from a gypsy caravan like so then I I wrote poems to a wild gypsy spirit and then the the trilogy the third one from that was this um entity of the awakened healer and that really awakened state that that came through me when I when I met Monk and Gypsy. So all three of them um, are now in this beautiful book called The Healing Trilogy uh, to make it easier for everyone to find mm-hmm. and also because another beautiful collaboration with my dear friend Jenna from Lucy Moonco. She did this beautiful cover for me and The Healing Design. Trilogy just felt so so yummy to have the three books in in one and to have the just to have it in a more affordable easier way for people to people for people to find yeah i love it so mm-hmm. so now i say i have written one in that they're all the healing trilogy live in one uh, but it started as three i have two on two on the on the happening two books being written at the moment and they it's like they're in competition with one another because i self publish i don't have these deadlines of a publisher saying well, like where's this book where 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 are your chapters so there's this beautiful co-creation with me and my books my my babies I, I'm really admitting that aren't I it's it's, it's happening <laughs> with me and these these children it's like I'm first I'm first I'm first so funnily enough recently the message when I took myself away on a little writer's retreat was instead of making these two books compete focus your energy on the healing trilogies here ready for people to read and enjoy and allow shall I share the two titles yes please I'll share the two titles allow destination death to continue to be this like oh my gosh I'm going to use the description like this bible of life right of Mm, uh, this guide to living your life with great joy allow it to continue to just become these chapters upon chapters upon chapters that I can live and I can share and I can be. Um, they, they don't need to be contained in a book right now. A, a few weeks ago when I shared with you in the pre-show notes, I was like, Destination Death is going to be out soon. And then <laughs> at this writer's retreat, I was like, oh, Destination's Death is 
I need to keep living. Like, like it's ultimately probably going to be one of those deathbed, like it's done now um, because I can change my mind because I live aligned with soul, right? My other book is Womb Him. And so that's really interesting me talking about birth and pregnancy. Um, womb, as in our womb, uh, a, a woman's womb and the hymn, like a hymn you would sing at church, right? Wow. Um, and and that's very much like H-Y-M-N. That's very much um, just, uh, again, about making life sacred and our creative energy of, as, as women and my own personal journey. And again, that story is not finished either. So despite having these desires to get these books out and, and wanting to create more and share more with my community, I've realized the biggest thing I can do with my community is show up like this, show up on the other side of a Zoom call and support and share and live and learn because all of that is fueling these two really potent, powerful books that could, could I you know, I could pre- press publish on or I could make even, even better by, by living, you know, and not putting my own expectation or pressure on myself to... I, I need to prove that I'm still creating so my, you know, so my community know that I'm I'm the real deal. No, that's just a ridiculous rhetoric, isn't it? That's telling me I'm less than anything other than who I am right now, creating and trusting the creative projects and process. Oh, Makes sense? <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. What else do you want to share with listeners today? I oh I, I think we've covered more than I could have imagined, but what else do I want to share with listeners today? Beautiful listeners, trust in your heart hum, trust in the reverence of your soul and your being, and you will know, you will know when it's time to invest in you, to reach out to another human, to put on your big girl, boy, person, panties, and feel a bit icky and do something anyway, you'll, you'll know when that time feels good and right for you. And just like, you know, I'm changing my mind this month and deciding that I'm not, you know, releasing a book next month, you're allowed to change your mind. And, and the more we embrace who we are and what we have to offer um, here in this moment, um, which for me is working with people one-on-one and through my sacred soul system offerings the more we embrace that and show up with who we are right now, we truly are making this world a better place. We really are. We're healing the entire planet. So please, beautiful humans, keep doing that. And thank you, Alicia. Thank, thank you for you. having me on the oh, show. Yeah. I have one more question for you, though, before we please. Before Absolutely. How do you live a life of abundance? I think this brings us back to the start where I said my non-negotiable is that spiritual practice of gratitude. I'm going to get a little bit teary and truly knowing every day we are truly exactly where we need to be. So we can have bigger visions and bigger desires, but until we can be at peace with where we are right now, which sometimes can be icky, can sometimes be really frustrating but always there is sacred opportunities and always there is breath and there are flowers and there are the the giggle of a child or the reverence of your own heart hum. And for me, that that's the abundance. And the sooner we appreciate that abundance, the more physical abundance or however you need to receive abundance, it, it's there. It's there for the taking and it is there for all of us. 
It is there for all of us. So I live a life of abundance um, by having gratitude for what I have right now. Kate, thank you so much for being on the show. I feel like I'm going to have to have you back sometime soon because I've had so much fun. Thank you. It's such a treat to share these stories and to be in space with you and your beautiful listeners. A huge thank you to you for tuning in today. Let's do it again next week. In the meantime, I've got a quick favor to ask. If you've enjoyed today's show and know another woman who needs to hear this episode too, could you share it with her right now? Just text her the link, but be sure to let her know why this episode is a must listen. Remember, sharing is caring, so spread the love. Thank you so much for being a part of this Yoke and Abundance community. I do it all for you. I hope these episodes make you feel seen, heard, and loved. Now, a huge thank you to our sponsor, Viking Co. Thank you to Ira Sterling of Julia Sound Recording for our theme music. And thank you to my editor, Tumani Johnson of FX Media for his work on today's episode. Keep creating, making, and sharing it with the world because that is true abundance.